Hey everyone, it's the Lore Explorer here. Uh, this week we are doing a special episode um, with my good friend Dalton here. We are going to be doing a um, analysis slash mini review on the movie Annihilation. Uh, this will be a new series here, and then we'll eventually make it its own page soon. We just got to come up with a clever name and a um, platform for that. So, um, so yeah. So this is gonna be kind of freeform. It's not gonna be structured like the rest of the episodes that I've done. Um, so definitely be more casual. Um, but other than that, uh, Dalton, you want to say something about yourself or introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, well, hi, my name is Dalton. That's it. All right. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, bye. All right. We'll see y'all later. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a cinephile. I, uh, really like horror movies. And so when Zinnin approached me and was like, Hey, do you want to do a podcast together? I was like, yeah. Uh, he obviously said movies, and I wanted to narrow it down to horror movies because I feel like it's less uh, it's less heady for the audience, and it's uh, it's more fun to watch. So, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And you are definitely more the cinephile than I am. That's for sure. I can appreciate movies. I'm pretty easygoing and easy to please with movies, ex except for Midsummer because that just completely fucked me in the head. Um, but other than that, I'm pretty easy to please. So you're you're definitely the one to go into more detail with them. So I'm pretty excited to to see what your thoughts are on the movie and then get into overlaying meanings and such like that. So um, anyway, this week we'll be talking about the science fiction movie Annihilation from 2018, which is currently on Netflix. Um, stars Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac, uh, Tessa Thompson, among others. So, um, yeah, so I'll just get right into it. Dalton, what were your, uh, your impressions on the movie, and what did you think overall? Well, um, each time I watch it, I love it, so that's always good. But I remember the mm -hmm. first time I watched it, I just remember being stunned by the visuals. Uh, I thought it was very unique uh, for a science fiction, because it's filmed, you know, it's supposed to be taking place in Florida, and so, you know, it has, like, the Earth element, but it's just... The shimmer, the mutations, everything's like very beautiful, and they actually mention that in the movie about how you know beautiful all of this is, despite it being you know horrendously and terrifyingly deadly. Absolutely, yeah. I definitely got. I actually don't remember it being set in Florida, but now that you say that, like with the swamps and everything inside the simmer, I can definitely like see it being taken place there. So. Um. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I've seen it twice now. The first time uh, when you recommended it for me to do for the podcast itself. And then the next time um, just taking notes and diving deeper into what the meanings were and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. It was a great science fiction movie. And even if it wasn't science fiction, I think it'd, it'd make a great movie overall anyway. So, um you want to dive into some of your favorite moments here? Or? Uh, well, obviously, I think, uh, kind of going back to the visuals, some of my favorite moments are, you know, whenever the the main antagonist, the Shimmer, uh, starts, like, presenting itself, uh, mm -hmm. usually in the form of, like, animals. Uh, you know, there's the there's the twin deers that you see. Uh, there's the, the alligator shark. Uh, and then, of course, the, the humanoid bear. Uh, which is one of the more creepier, and it rattles me to the bone and uh, makes my blood going. I love it. I love it so much. That bear scene is is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite scenes in uh, science fiction recently. For sure, I couldn't agree more. Um, I was getting a lot of like Last of Us ish vibes from the the alligator shark thing. And then the deer with the, the the plants coming out of its antlers and stuff, um, but yeah, the bear was definitely like one of the biggest moments for me, just because I wasn't expecting it. I guess um, the whole, and I don't know if this was intentional or not, but it seemed that both times it went for the kill, it went for their vocal cords. So I don't know if that was some sort of like metaphor or like that's why it had the ability that it did um it could like mimic people's voices and such 
I just thought that was a nice touch. But that was definitely like one of the highlights of the movie for me for sure, just because I've never really seen or heard anything like that in a science fiction movie before. So that was definitely one of the highlights for me for sure. Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely interesting. I mean, I want to say instinctually uh, that you know animals tend to go for like the throat for kills in general. Uh, but the fact that it does like mimic voices, maybe there is something there. Uh, also, the death on uh, what is that um, on Thurinson? Uh, the death on her is pretty gruesome. Uh, oh, the uh, the paramedic girl, yeah. the alcoholic. Yeah. yeah, the death on her is pretty gruesome. I I was uh, not expecting that. I mean, that's one of the the only deaths that you see, um, and so they did a really good job on that. <laughs> Yeah, the bottom jaw off and have her tongue just sticking out. Yes, wow. Yeah, I had expected that. They definitely didn't shy away from the gore when they had a chance to, for sure. Um, yeah. Oh, that reminds me. When you brought up The Last of Us, I definitely got that vibe yeah. too, especially during the scene when uh, they go back to the army base that was posted in the Shimmer, um, mm-hmm. and you see the the video clip of Oscar Isaac, and he has cut open one of his fellow soldiers. And his oh, intestines yeah. are snake-like, and they're slipping around, and it seems like all of his internal organs are just like they're alive. And mm-hmm. then you see the the residue of him in the swimming pool area, and he's like, oh yeah, it turned it. He like got turned into fungus and the spores, and like there's like this huge like mushroom cloud, and it like raised him and lifted, separated his body from his wound, and like in a very grotesque way, and it's. But it also is beautiful, like the color schemes that they choose to do for the the fungus is is gorgeous, and it's it, yeah, it definitely got a Last of Us sort of feeling in that it's, you know creepy fungus that's also kind of breathtakingly beautiful. Something there's something beautiful about you know the lack of humanity, which says something more about me maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I wasn't gonna say anything, but hey. you know. <laughs> um. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, t- I actually forgot about the whole him being in his remains being in the uh, the swimming pool. I remember like his intestines and stuff like having like a snake like uh, feel to it, but I totally forgot that his body was in the swimming pool. Um, yeah, the use of color in this movie is like uh, one of my f- favorite parts of it. I guess not only the shimmer having like a um, like when you go blow bubbles outside in the summertime and you see like the rainbow effect of the bubbles that's kind of what it reminded me of um but like with the flowers and the swamp house where the they see the alligator and stuff um like merging together and all the colors there um yeah and even like with the bodies themselves and then when they come across later uh the little village and it has like roots growing into the shape of human beings like that is pretty colorful too so um, I think the use of color in the movie is really well done, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think Andrew Garland is a very... I want to say he's up and coming, but I looked it up recently. and He's, he's been in the game for a bit. He wrote uh, 28 Days Later, apparently. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah, which is one of my favorite horror hmm. movies ever. So, uh, yeah, he wrote that. He, uh, he wrote Sunshine 2, which is also one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I've not seen that. And his his last uh, before this, he directed Ex Machina. I'm not really sure how. You're supposed oh, to say it. that is Oscar Oscar Isaac as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that was a pretty good movie too. I can definitely see like the same kind of vibe to it. I guess this so, like I mean that makes sense. sizzle that he does of like there's like this underlying like sense of like dread and like horror being, but it's mm. not like right in front of your face. He does a really good job at that. Subtle sizzle. Subtle I like sizzle. that. Subtle sizzle. Um, okay, well, you want to get in, like, you want to deep dive now? Sure. Or, like, pick yeah. certain parts of the movie and see kind of what we come up with. You're definitely the more experienced cinephile when it comes to this stuff. I just watch the movie, and most of the time, I just don't even pay attention to that kind of stuff. <laughs> you, unless well, I mean, I'm really... Every time you watch a movie, it should you shouldn't like try to like pick it apart. Especially the first time you watch it, don't pick it apart. Just enjoy it for what it is. But then the more you watch it, you know, then you start to like oh notice the camera angles and the lighting and all that stuff. But regardless, uh, yeah, first time you watch a movie, just enjoy it. That's my general note. Uh, yeah. But for this one, uh, I I had a hard time like diving 
deeper as I usually do, mostly because mm-hmm. I just couldn't stop enjoying the movie. <laughs> yeah, I kept I getting distracted, that. and I was like, oh, wow, it's so good, it's so beautiful, it's so pretty. I mean, it's excellently, excellently acted. I don't feel like that's proper, but... Um, it is what it is. Natalie Portman does a great job. Um, mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac does a really good job at playing a villain, which he's become... I mean... <laughs> He's good at playing the good guy and the bad guy. He's I feel just, like he's just good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. It was nice seeing Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, I mean, it was a little weird because the last movie I think I saw her in was Hateful Eight. And same. So, same. And, and so I'm like, oh, here's this racist. Oh wait, no, she's just, she's, that was a character. That was a character. She just did a really good job as that character in Hateful Eight. So anyway. Uh, <clears throat> Deja Dumbergoo. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, the deeper so when I whenever I like investigate a movie I like to think of it uh, as you know layers hence the film inception with the different dreamscape layers yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so on the surface level obviously it's you know sci-fi aliens come over uh, well maybe it's not really aliens it's kind of I guess it's alien alien life doesn't matter extraterrestrial dimensional type thing yeah yeah so you know that comes over and you know you got your your sci-fi horror movie um Mm -hmm. and then the first layer underneath that is its analogy to cancer yeah cancer Mm cancer is brought up throughout the entire movie um Mm -hmm. in the very beginning you see natalie portman talk teach a lecture lecture about um I think cervical cancer, um, yep. and then you find out that uh, Doctor Ventress has cancer, um, mm-hmm. and then Shepard. You find out her daughter died to leukemia, and yep. they make they make references to cancer all over. So I mean, I, it's it's about cancer, and so what I like to think is that this thing that came down is sort of like a cancer because it it mutates everything that's why you get all these like crazy mutations and that's what cancer is is a mutation yeah <clears throat> and i think that's a good underlying theme to the entire movie for sure yeah and i like to think of it as you know as cancer grows or whatever there the shimmer is growing too and i think i like to think that the shimmer is like a cell membrane which mm-hmm. is which is why it's able to like give the shimmer because as it water refracts light or you know, lipids refract light. It comes off as like a, a shimmer. And so I, I think it's a it's a I like to think of it as a cell membrane. Um, yeah. But that's 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 just like the first layer deep. I think the layer underneath that is like people's ability for self destruction. Oh, I think that's probably like the central. Um theme of the movie because it seems like everyone has a reason for going into the shimmer whether it be um you know regret or some sort of addiction or depression or hopelessness like you were talking about with dr ventress and her her cancer i think that's definitely probably the central um like theme of the movie at least in relation to um the human characters for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to think about um, animals having this sort of like self-destruction side because you know they're kind of like one-track mind is to survive. So I think yep. it's interesting as you know you get uh, more intelligent, the more you know issues sort of come up, depression and things like that, which is uh, which is interesting. Interesting. I mean, Animal Kingdom, there is definitely signs of like depression in animals, especially you know don't want to get like too political but like you know animals in like captivity or whatever they show signs of depression but you know i mean how how could they not you know what i mean (laughs) yeah uh yeah so i think i think uh the the underlying thing of like self-destruction uh is especially depicted very well at the end when the the cause of the whole catastrophe actually manifests as a mimic to natalie portman and they have mm-hmm. this whole like battle scene where she's literally fighting herself. Like, I don't know if mm-hmm. if that isn't on the nose, and I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. It um, not only like mimics her physical appearance, but it mimics her like exact movements as well. And it even, as we'll see in like 
Oscar Isaac's character like even mimics some of their memories not all of their memories because a lot of it's like I don't remember or I don't know or I don't even know who I am or whatever but um I mean he knew to go back home definitely yeah so um and that kind of brings me to like the first like part of the movie where I had a feeling something was wrong um you know it starts with the with Natalie Portman being um a professor giving lectures and then going home and like her colleague being like, Hey, we're having a barbecue or whatever. You know, it's been a year since, you know, um, since Kane has been gone. Why don't you come over and have a good time? She's still dealing with like the depression of it. And it's like, no, I'm just going to go home and paint the house kind of, uh, reset or whatever. And, um, and then out of nowhere, here comes, um, here comes Kane. Yeah. Uh, hair, hair slicked back, you know, Looking Bad boy leather jacket, yes, and he just sits down and just is chilling and can't remember anything, and then I'm like, okay, something's going on here. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, takes a drink of water and immediately starts, like, bleeding, and then, you know, immediately... Con- con- exactly. So, at that point, I was like, okay, this is going somewhere that I didn't think it was going yeah, to. Yeah, I like how, you know, that whole, like, she's going to paint her room, you know, she's trying to move forward, she's trying to, like, you know, mm-hmm. put different color in, you know, the, the one room where you spend most of your time. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and they play this song. I can't remember what the song is, but it's very, it was, like, very, like, oh, you know, it's going to be, like, happy joy joy or whatever, like, it's kind of like a, a melancholy song with a kind of an uplifting sort of feel. And, yeah. and then, you know, you're like, oh, okay, she's, like, moving on. Like, good for her. Get you some, you know? Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, like you said, Oscar Isaac comes back. But then they start playing the song again uh, when they're in the Shimmer. And it mm-hmm. has, like, a completely, like... Different feel to it. It's, yeah, or I mean... different meaning. It's, like, the same song, obviously. But yeah. like when when you hear it again the second time, I just like I I just thought, well, here they are like marching to their death, like as opposed to like mm. life moving on, like moving forward. It was like also like okay, well that also means you're moving forward to your death. So that's that's what mm-hmm. I took the second part of that song. Yeah, I think it's interesting when movies or uh, certain media kind of do that. They play on the same theme, but at different points in whatever movie or um whatever medium they're in and it has a completely different meaning and i think it's really interesting that they did that in this movie for sure he definitely knows what he's doing yeah, he's got some experience yeah i mean these these last two movies that he's made uh he's that's one there's only two directing credits for films he did it he does a tv show too i think that's on halo but i haven't seen that one but yeah uh andrew garland is uh i want to know who was like, oh, this guy that never directed before, I want to give him, like, all of this fucking free reign when this, like, indie project, sci-fi thing, and Ex Machina, and then, like, he just mm-hmm. nailed it. Absolutely yeah. nailed it. And then, like, he, they're like, okay, wow, well, here's even more money. And then he was like, all right, bet, nails it again. So <laughs> I'm just like, yo, keep giving this guy money, man. And they're like, give me my boy Oscar Isaac. Yeah, it's about to get weird. Yeah, I'm... but he he kills it, man. He, I mean, like I went into this movie, I didn't watch any trailers, didn't read anything about it. I went in completely like fresh, didn't know anything about it, and I was like really impressed. Um, because you know, someday sometimes like movies these days they give like literally everything away in the trailer. Um. <laughs> Yeah. So it's nice to go into a movie like knowing absolutely nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Like when you mentioned that there's a book series on it, I was like, I literally had no idea. So yeah. Um. So that was really cool for sure. Yeah. That, um, that was definitely. I think I was hesitant on like, uh, you know, doing his podcast because there is a book series, and I'm sure that someone who's read the book will be like, <laughs> actually, the book is not about self destruction. It's actually about. Uh, nihilism or something and you're like oh okay that's strange i didn't know that well there goes uh alienating literally all of the novel readers that were re- I, uh, hey, listening to this point if, yeah if so. you read the novel and we didn't 
talk about the novelist because we didn't read it. All right. Sorry. That's Sorry. true. That is true. We, we were just too excited. We're just too excited to talk about this movie to read three novels. Okay. Yeah, we had to talk about the movie first. We've only seen the movie. Give us a break. All right. Plus, to be fair, the director was making the movie as the first book was being written. So, if you're gonna blame anybody, just blame him. Okay, yeah, it's not he our didn't fault. Didn't want to wait. It's his fault, not ours. Yeah, exactly. Um. Okay, so. I mean, we don't really get to see the alien crash into the lighthouse. Like we see the impact of it. But we don't really see we don't really see what the ship looks like or anything, do we? I it's mean, pretty small. It just looks like a comet, I thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, we get to see the inside of it later. Oh, unless, yeah. Like, I mean, I didn't know they... what that was. <laughs> I'll be honest. I had no idea what that was. I don't know if it was a ship or just like, uh, like a cell. Like it was terraforming, like the space around it or something. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, they're. I, that's the thing with like uh, science fiction movies, like you you don't you don't know what everything is, and I mean obviously the writer in it, uh, had some idea when he was writing it, uh, but I mean they don't explain true. it in the movie. They just they just show it to you and it's beautiful. And I that know, is also true. I know that uh, it clones Natalie Portman, and that's that's about it. That's all I got. So kind of hanging on the alien type thing here um i wanted to kind of talk about like aliens in movies um i thought i think it's pretty cool when like one of our other favorite movies uh the thing obviously the original okay not the 2011 remake thank you very much uh, yeah. um we don't we don't talk about that here um so like in that one obviously the alien is there to assimilate and literally take over everything so but in this movie i didn't really get like one way or another with the extraterrestrial being in this movie like is he here to survey is he here to like destroy is he here to understand is he just curious like i think it's interesting to see that kind of dichotomy in like horror movies um, cause Frankenstein, he, I mean, he's made and everybody sees him as a monster, but he's really just trying to understand human society and help when he can, but everybody thinks that he's like out to kill them or whatever. Yeah. Like, I didn't get what? any sense of hostility and like, it, mm -hmm. it's almost like I didn't, I didn't even see like its own intelligence for me. It just seemed like mm -hmm. it was. It was just duplicating because that's what it was programmed to do. I mean, you know, I, I don't think that cancer has, you know, an ulterior motive. You know, it just it just is what it is. It just it just does its own thing. It doesn't really like try to kill you. You know, yeah. it just it just happens to, you know, without any forethought or hindsight. And it kind of like it seemed like, you know, very like I don't want to say childlike, but like there was a there was a night. There's like a certain innocence there. Yeah. That a child has, I could definitely see that. It's like you know when it clones Natalie Portman, it doesn't it doesn't attack it. It doesn't attack yeah. Natalie Portman. Only when Natalie Portman uh, attacks the you know the clone duplicate metallic monster thing, then does it like fight back, and that's only because it's mimicking what other people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got the same sort of feel from that. Like, I didn't sense, like, any sort of underlying, like, hostility uh, with it. Especially since, like, you see Oscar Isaac literally, like, take his own life and is talking to his double. And it's just like, yeah, bro. I mean, I'll go back and find Lena and be like, yo, what's up? Like, I won't do anything bad or whatever. And it doesn't. It literally goes home to Lena and is like... I'm just gonna sit here. I don't know anything, but I mean, I'm not gonna kill you or anything. You know what I mean? So, I didn't get any like underlying host hostility motives from the alien whatsoever, or whatever you want to call it. No, and I so, think I think that in itself is kind of scarier, you know, because if there's a knowing. motive to like a villain or an alien or whatever, there's there's a way to stop it. You know, you you can 
reverse psychology. You can like figure out its motive, you know, maybe give it what it wants in a way to save your own self or humanity or whatever. But like, if something is destroying without like any reason or know how, like that is more terrifying because there's no way to really, you know, stop it. Yeah, there's no way to like bargain with it or try to understand what exactly um, it wants. It wants, yeah. or you know, because there's no way to communicate with it. Like, it doesn't really speak throughout the movie other than like I don't know, and especially at the very end where uh, Natalie Portman's character Lena goes back and sees him at the very end of the movie, and she's like, "Are you?" Are you in, are you the alien or are you somehow uh, Kane? And it's like, no, no, no. She asks, um, "Are you really Kane?" And he's like, "I don't think so." So it doesn't even know what it wants. I think it's just there because it's there. Like you were talking about the cancer cells, they're just there doing their job, and maybe they don't exactly know what they're after. <laughs> Mm. So yeah, I also I think it's interesting. Uh, Natalie Portman's character has a tattoo uh, on her arm, and you never really see it. Only when she's like, because the whole story is like you know, it's flashback. So anytime it like pans into like the present. Um, yeah. Uh, anytime when she's it, sitting there getting interviewed. Yeah, by right? Benedict Wong. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's she. You never see the tattoo in the flashback, only in the now and mm. the like now time. And the tattoo is of an Ouroboros. Interesting. Yeah, and so there's something because I mean there's there's you know a lot of meanings you can decipher from an Ouroboros, which if you don't know what that is, it's the snake eating itself in like forever. And so there's like this. This analogy, I take it as, you know, the self-destruction part where, you know, you're literally eating and destroying yourself constantly forever. And there's also the, it's literally in the shape of an infinity sign too. So Hmm. maybe it's about renewal too, rebirth. So maybe it's a sign that this is the clone form of Natalie Portman because, you know, it's new, reborn, fresh. But maybe it's old Natalie Portman because it's literally about also like eating yourself and the whole analogy to self destruction. So like it's it's so open ended that like it can literally be deciphered out of it. I think that's a good part of it. like what a good movie does is leaves leaves you guessing at the very end because as you were saying that I'm like okay, well we obviously saw Natalie Portman's character trick the alien into setting off the phosphorus grenade like we saw that Mm -hmm. it was up in flames and all that stuff and that's how the shimmer obviously goes away but i'm sitting here like okay well what if somehow uh the alien made it out and cloned natalie portman and she's just somewhere that we don't know because at the very end you see the shimmer in natalie portman's eyes just like um Exactly. And Kane, quote unquote, aka Big Alien Boy, right? Mm-hmm. He's the only one that makes it out of the shimmer. So what's to say that it didn't just do that again and it's not really Natalie Portman that came back? Yeah, I think I was thinking about that too. And it almost seems because I think the reason why Kane, uh, when he escapes the shimmer, he starts to decay, he starts to die because. It's, mm. it's out of homeostasis, and so that's true. I don't, I don't, because you don't see Natalie Portman start to like you know die like you do Kane. True, but also Kane, the the Kane doppelganger does pull through, so it does, you know, it does reach that homeostasis in its new environment, and so maybe it's perfecting like mutating to leave the Shimmer. So I don't. Man, it's just like I said, it's it's too open ended, right? So I, I don't know. It could go in my mind. It could go either way because. So the only the shimmer in the eyes thing. That's what gets me. Like, yeah. Up until that point, I'm like, it's absolutely Natalie Portman. Like, it's it's her character. She made it out because the shimmer was gone. She just walked back. She's fine. 
And then that happens. And then that raises another question. Well, if she isn't another clone, then does that mean that her being in close contact with Kane's doppelganger, his clone, does that mean that he's now the spark of that like evolutionary tie? And is that going to set off a, a series of events that, you know, maybe that's the new cause or the new bang of whatever this extraterrestrial dimensional alien was going for you know what i mean well so, perhaps you should read the books well maybe you're right <laughs> uh i uh, i think i think i heard something that like there was a alternative scene ending where um of course there is right i mean there has to be uh yeah where there's gonna be there's like multiple comics coming and so Yo. like yeah I mean, that would be nutty. I, I honestly would like a sequel just because I would. I, I think it wouldn't do its job though. It wouldn't be as good as the first one. I mean, what sequel you know really is, uh, except for Terminator. Obviously. Uh, um, there are a few. Yeah, right. <clears throat> but I mean, I was just in so enthralled with, like the mutations that I mean, I want, I want to see more. I wanted to see more. Yeah. I wanted to see more Man Bear Pig. Man, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll throw in that, uh, no, I wouldn't throw in that audio file, because it just wouldn't have the same effect without seeing it, but if you've seen the movie, which I hope you have, if you're listening yeah, to Yeah, sorry, spoilers. You would know what we're talking about. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert, 31 <laughs> minutes into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yes>. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that man bear pig was, yeah, or that's what we'll call it, I'm assuming, but yeah, that's definitely one of the, the coolest things about this movie and i think this movie does a lot of things that a, a lot of other science fiction slash horror movies don't really do anymore is that a lot of it felt original to me you know some of the themes may be similar to other movies in the past but i feel like a lot of this movie has a lot of original ideas and the way it was shot um was what made the movie for me really like I wasn't bored at any time. I wasn't looking at the clock being like, oh, when is this movie going to be over? Or wishing something was different. I think a lot of this movie was super original. And um, it's nice to know that people are still making movies in a way that feels like that. Because a lot of, I feel like, like I was saying earlier, a lot of the movies coming out now, especially in the horror genre, are just aren't, aren't that good or original. You know what I mean? So... It was refreshing to get this movie for sure. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a it's a shame really because I mean you, you, this is such a good movie and it challenges the audience and you don't really get science fiction movies that really do that anymore. Mm -mm. Because nope. I I mean, and I hate to say it, but I, the people who produce movies they have a point though because no one, you know, they people don't want to pay $20 to be like challenged you know they want to go and be entertained or whatever I mean that's most people I mean yeah. some people are different I'm definitely different I like movies that you know destroy me mentally <clears throat> Midsummer. Um, oh yeah uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, yeah so um, and you know I'm looking at you know the the Rotten Tomatoes uh, of it and you know the, as I was too yeah. the critics gave it an 88% but then the audience gave it 66% yeah. And there's something there's something to say there that people don't they don't want to be challenged. And I don't think it's really like it's too intelligent for them. I don't want to be that sort of like oh, it's just smart. They're just not smart enough. They're big dum-dums. It's just mm -hmm. people have different reasons for wanting to go see movies. And I think this this shows it. And so this movie almost didn't get made because they were afraid that this is going to be too <sighs> it was going to challenge them too much. That wasn't the exact yeah. quote, but I know I'm going to be a little bit more kind. <laughs> um, yeah. And no, I I feel the exact same way. I wish I wish they would. I wish people would would you know give these movies a chance and really try to think because like you know what people don't. Okay, well I obviously immediately proved myself wrong. I was like people don't read trash novels, and I was like, but Twilight, fuck. Or romance novels. Yeah. So I mean, but I guess that's a certain niche that people know what they're signing up for. I guess. 
It's just unfortunate. It's un- I wish, yeah, I wish more people would attempt movies like this. And I think if more movies were out there like this, then the audience would have no choice but to challenge themselves. And I think they'd grow accustomed to movies like this if there were more of them. Like, I think these days, it's for me personally, it's kind of switching to movies like this is what I prefer because, you know, we've we've grown up with movies who um, play into exactly what we want to see or exactly what we expect, right? So I think to see a movie like this, and like I'm looking at the box office, it only made $20 million. And that's not a lot. You know what I mean? Like, when you compare it to other movies, that's really not a lot. But at the same time, I think it did a lot of interesting things that a lot of other movies don't do. And even if it was based on a book, like, it did a lot of things that I didn't expect. Like, I didn't expect Oscar Isaac's character to come back in the beginning of the movie and then have him throughout the movie um, not playing, like, a super important role in the in the quote-unquote present timeline mm-hmm. but seeing how he played into the story through her seeing the past in the shimmer was really interesting to me like seeing that video of him cutting open one of his comrades stomach and it being like all slithery inside and then seeing him at the end on the uh video camera inside the lighthouse like taking his own life and then talking to the alien itself it's like that i didn't expect stuff like that to happen and i think this movie takes a lot of risks and i think it pays off with a lot of them like yeah i, want... I think oh sorry go ahead uh i think i think one of the issues that i mean i i actually when i'm watching it like i didn't even like notice it but i think a lot of issues with this is that it had an all-female cast and you know there was the mm-hmm. the Ghostbusters remake that came out in 2016, and people were, you know, up in arms. You know, the feminists are taking over. I'm an adult <laughs> version. Um, yeah. So I think I think that kind of like that pushed people away. They're like, oh, it's an all female cast. It's just kind of be trying to be political, and it's like, no, it's not, dude. It just it just happens to be all females, and that's what I saw. Like I didn't even like. And they all they all kill it too. Yeah. Like. I feel like every performance in this movie was, like, really, really good. Yeah, except for Shepard, who had, like, ten minutes of screen time. <laughs> and then was over. Is that is that the mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, but, I'm, I mean, when she was there, I think she did a great job. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just more confident on the fact that she was the first to go. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I thought it was interesting, though, um, kind of going back to, like, the whole like premise of the movie there uh there is a an idea i had it's probably not original though guys ideals seldom we are um but it seemed to me like um the <sighs> tessa thompson's character and shepherd uh mm-hmm. kind of or even well not even say shepherd we'll say uh Th- thornson I, yeah, Anya. Anya, we'll call her Anya. That's easier to say. Uh, yeah, Anya's, a little bit. Yeah, uh, Anya's character and Radic character. They they both kind of or Shepard, Shepard and Vanya, Anya. They kind of like have like this like really gruesome, terrifying sort of thing happen to them, where yeah. uh, Radic has this more like peaceful sort of acceptance. coming to terms. Yeah, and so I mean. I think there's an analogy to be said about cancer treatment there. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, if you're trying to, like, fight cancer, treat cancer with, you know, weapons, technology, whatever, antibiotics, uh, chemotherapy, like, there's some devastating consequences where, I mean, and you still die. And then you have Mm Radix's character who just kind of, like, accepts it and just kind of, like, peacefully and elegantly, like, becomes one with nature and I think that, you know, she obviously dies too. Um, but I think, I thought it was really interesting how, like, you know, there's this whole, like, battle with cancer. And then the one that, like, chooses to just, like, stop resisting has this, like, really, like, peaceful sort of thing. And uh, that's it. That's all I had. I just wanted to sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly sounded smart. And I, I, I agree for sure. I think, I think Tessa Thompson's 
uh, character of Josie was definitely like my favorite character of the movie. I mean, because that's the um, Bay. I mean, true. Yeah, obviously. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and Oscar Isaac is Bay too. Oh, so, absolutely. um, so, but I, I, it's not necessarily that I, um, like sympathize with the character or like relate to the character. Cause I struggle with depression too. Like, I think the majority of people do is just the extent of like how, how you deal with it. Um, but I think like her character, I never with her character, I never disagreed with a choice that she made. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, like she was always one of the most intelligent people on the team. Um, she recognized yeah. what was going on before anyone else did or before anyone else uh, would admit what was going on because Natalie Portman's character takes a sample of her blood and is like, well, that's what's happening. She was right. Um, and she's the only one in the movie who comes to terms with what's going on and what her struggles are and just kind of comes to peace with it and is just... And that's how she goes out. And I think that's, like... I think her arc in the movie is the one that I like the most yeah. for sure. And she's, I think she's the only character who doesn't do something like fucked up. Absolutely well, Shepard doesn't up. really do anything to, but everyone else in the movie kind of fucks up a little bit. So, Absolutely. um, and I, Oh, wh- I probably relate to, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, Tessa Thompson or Braddock, uh, she definitely has mm-hmm. like the most sensible role and, I definitely mm-hmm. like it the most, but I probably, if I was going to be anyone, I would definitely be Anya. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, my bad for tying you up to a chair and almost feeding you to a bear. No, it happens, man. Yeah. You know, when push comes to shove, I mean, I probably do the same thing, so. Good, good. If it was me, <laughs> I would want you to tie me up and feed me to a bear. Okay, well, as long as I have that in writing, and if that situation ever comes up, I'll be sure to let you know. Okay, sure. cool. I'll have my lawyers yeah. notarize it. Yeah, and, you know, whether it's a, a regular bear or a man-bear pig that copies the dying throes of a, another human being, I mean, you know, what, either one, you know. Um, What else? Well, other than that, let me ask you this. Do you think aliens are real and real? <laughs> oh. Do you th- do you think that anything like this could possibly happen now or in the future? Well, I believe that anything is possible. Although I believe in probabilities, and so I think is it possible? Yeah. Will it happen? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not, no. I mean, but then again, you know, like, um, cell phones, you know, all of the stuff are carcinogenic, so they say, um, you know, mm-hmm. cause cancer and all that stuff. So who's to say that there's not some sort of material out in the universe that could come colliding with us that is the ultimate carcinogenic, the ultimate mutagen, and mm-hmm. change our life? like this yeah i mean i think it's possible i likely probably not but yeah you know but i mean you know it's it's probably more likely than um no never mind (laughs) i don't i almost don't get political political. okay yeah uh yeah i would say i would say it's possible and honestly if it did happen i would be kind of excited uh, just because it'd be interesting to see how it would play out. Yeah, that was something that I thought was strange. In in a hypothetical theoretical sense, not like literally it happening like in our time. Right. Uh, I thought it was strange how this this sort of shimmer taking up mm-hmm. what seemed like hundreds of acres enough for them to walk yeah. four days into the shimmer, which is apparently it was four months. And, is how long she was in there. Right. But in the initial, when they first get into the Shimmer, they spend four mm-hmm. days in there. So anyway, this thing is large. This area is large. Yeah. And they're... Well, when they go in there, that terrain doesn't really look like Florida. 
Right. I mean, so, I mean, it looks obviously different. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I how how did the government keep it a secret? How? True. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. How? The <laughs> uh, holes were destroyed. I mean, I'm assuming it's like, oh, you have to evacuate the area. You know, there's this massive evacuation, but no, like media is like. Did a helicopter fly over of the area and it's like seeing this like strange? I don't know. That was like the only, like holy shit! What yeah, the fuck is this? That was probably <laughs> yeah. my only issue with the movie. I'm like, I don't believe that this is a government secret. It is way too fucking big for it to be on the hush hush yeah. down low. Nobody yeah. knows besides yeah. the higher ups. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But at the same time, it's like for the people that were in the shimmer, like there's no way they're getting out of there. You know what I mean? Oh like, uh, yeah. Not if this happened, I mean, hey, yeah, you're right. Um, because I mean, we see those, we see those silhouettes of the plants growing into people. So, what's not to say that the people eventually turned into the plants? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if that shimmer took over, you know, went past your house in the middle of the night and you were sleeping, and then you wake oh, up and you're God. just like. Darling, get out here. I'm talking in Florida. Uh, my Florida accent. <laughs> Darling, get out of here. And look at all these birdie flowers. Yeah. You've not only alienated the book readers, now you've alienated all of the people in Florida. Okay, listen. listen if, you, if you are from Florida, you have to understand what is going on with Florida, man. Why y'all so yeah, weird? Yeah, that's true. Why y'all so weird? <laughs> Florida, man. I mean, if there's any... If there's any place for this to happen, it would be Florida. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to say that Florida is the cancer of the United States. I mean, we're not going to say that. You know what I but mean? But anytime there is like a very strange, mutated sort of headline, it always starts with Florida Man. Bat salts. I mean, hey, you know where that started? Yeah. Was that Florida? Yeah. I didn't see any okay, yeah. bat salt zombies anywhere else. No, it was Florida. Yeah. Yeah, Florida, you got some, you got some splaining There's to do. There's something in okay? the swamp there. <laughs> There's got to be like crocodile sharks in there already, oh. but we just don't know it. Mm. Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, I forgot what we were talking about. Yeah, we kind of got off. You know, it, whatever. Florida. Whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, is there anything else that you really want to talk about? I think we. I've pretty much covered everything that I had written down here. Um, um, yeah, so. Yeah, I'm going to say that, um, <laughs> sum it up, beautiful, horrifying, I love Nyla Portman, I love Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, a very good movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, I'm... Uh, we basically just told you the whole movie, so why should Yeah, I mean, we basically <laughs> ruined it for you if you haven't, so... But if you've seen the movie, you know, obviously, like, hit us up with what you think. Any ideas that we left out that you were like, oh, hey, like, you didn't talk about this obvious thing, or if you read the book. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah, tell us what yeah if, you're, if you're one of those book snobs, be, be, be sure to, like, leave a comment and be yeah. like, yo, you guys the are book was better. out of your mind. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And from, from Florida... Email us too. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what I I hate doing like review scores and stuff. Yeah. I, uh, but I mean, what, I, I'll do it. I would I I would recommend like, okay, so we go on like a a zero to ten point scale, or are we doing like a skip it, watch it, or like uh, buy it or whatever? I don't know. Uh. For now, we'll do. Let's a go ten. with the numbers. Yeah, for now we'll do a ten, and the future okay. episodes we'll do something more creative. Like we give it two Cthulhu's or something. I don't know. Yeah, tight. Uh, All right, you first. Oh, okay. Uh, points. Uh, I'm gonna say eight point seven. That's pretty uh, online with uh, what the critics were giving it. So, yeah, oh, I it? think that's a good score. Yeah. Well, they had an 88. Well, so okay. like an 8.8. 8. Uh, spoiler alert for Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that's not actually, like, what the critics give it. 
so Rotten Tomatoes works as like it's an upvote system. So like they only count like if people thought it was good or bad. And so oh, this is eighty eight percent of the critics liked it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. screw Rotten Tomatoes then. Right. You hear me? Screw you, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. You jerks. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm gonna say eight point seven. Uh, I think my, uh, I think my biggest complaint, the reason why it's not higher, is probably. I don't. I don't have one. I don't know. I just. I think. I think they could have expanded the universe a little bit more, um, and maybe brought some more like backstory to the other characters. Oh, I think that's what it is. I wanted. I think that there should be more backstory to the other characters. Uh, really get me invested in their characters, because uh, a lot of it's just on paper. You know, just kind of like surface level background stuff. And I would like to know more about you know like. Radix depression and uh, Dr. Ventress's cancer fight and Shepard's like losing her child and like coming to terms with that and like I want to mm. I want to see that. Uh, I think, yeah, I think if they really would have you know dove in there, maybe maybe like a two hour twenty minute film, like I would have I would have liked that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It would have been nice to have more background not only on the characters but maybe like show it and like not even like going super into detail, but at least having like a a monologue. Like a five-minute five minute montage or five-minute monologue yeah. or something like that. That would have been really nice. Um, like I said, I'm pretty easy to please with movies, especially if it's something new and original like this. So I would probably give it a nine. Um, I think everybody performed out of their ass in this movie. Um, it had some ideas that <clears throat> not only deals with like science fiction and horror, but like overlying like human society issues that it tackles like discreetly and even if you didn't think that i mean it's easy to look into for sure but i think it did a lot of stuff that i really enjoyed and that's one of my favorite science fiction horror movies now so i would for sure give it a nine but i would have liked more backstory on the other characters um well i think the only other thing that i didn't really like was the whole like her sleeping with her colleague Thing. Mm, but see, that like, goes I into underst- self-destruction, though. It does, but at the same time, I kind of feel like it didn't... I mean, I understand its purpose of being there and the purpose it has in the story with Kane, like, finding out about it and then him leaving on this mission. Like, I get that. But I just kind of felt, like, wedged in there. I see. You know what I mean? It, it was kind of just like, and by the way, she cheated. Yeah, so... I mean, she was remorseful and stuff, but at the same time, like, cheating in general just is super sucky. So, um, I just felt like that was kind of wedged in there. But, um, other than that, I can't really think of anything that I did not like uh, about the movie. So, yeah, nine for me, for sure. Solid, solid. So, uh, thanks for bearing with our our first podcast of this. Uh, the future ones are probably a little bit more polished. We were just riffing, you know, we're just practicing our jazz playing off the riff raffing yeah my main goal but, is to uh, blow up and then act like i don't know nobody <laughs> <laughs> exactly um but yeah so um i think that's about it but yeah we'll we'll definitely be doing more reviews or um of horror movies of uh, different likes in the future so if you have any comments or anything you'd like to say or any feedback whatsoever just make sure to leave a comment um but yeah uh dalton thanks for joining me on this inaugural episode of whatever we'll call it um but uh yeah yeah that's about it so is there any closing thoughts or anything you'd like to say before we head out nope (laughs) (laughs) fair enough okay well um be on the lookout for the next uh like i said next episode of whatever we'll call this um, we'll definitely be doing another one soon. So, um, yeah. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you all in the next one. Bye.